Good evening and welcome back to the Diz Dads Podcast Plus. I'm your host, Aaron Ripmaster. And here with me tonight to record Diz Dads Podcast Plus number 25 are my co-host Tim Hicks. Reach for the sky. <laughs> nice job. Willie Crocker. Hey guys, welcome back. And back again, visiting all the way from Kentucky, Jay Crocker. It's nice to be here again, guys. So tonight we are going to talk about adulting at Walt Disney World, Um, that opportunity to hang out at Walt Disney World in the ways that you can't necessarily when you've got the kids along. And uh, we brought Jay back on as sort of our expert on the topic, although all of us have experienced it in one way or another. But before we dive into that discussion, I do need to give a quick shout out to our podcast sponsors. Um, the Diz Dads Podcast Plus is sponsored, as always, by Kingdom Strollers, Orlando's premium stroller and crib rental vendor, uh, with the theme parks opening back up, ready to take the kids, Check out Kingdom Strollers at kingdomstrollers.com. They'll take good care of you. You can pick up that stroller uh, at the airport or they can deliver it to you. You just have to meet up with them to, to take delivery of it. But um, solid product, reliable, always clean, always well cared for. So uh, check them out. Uh, also, our travel sponsors. There is Wicked Mouse Travel out of Boston and Mouse Master Travel in the middle of the country. Uh, both agencies have agents scattered all around who would love to help you out with your next Disney destination vacation, especially. Uh, you can get in touch with them either at wickedmousetravel.com or mousemastertravel.com. They'd love to help you make the experience as easy as it can possibly be, even when planning a Walt Disney World trip is more confusing than ever. <laughs> okay, guys, uh, welcome back. So we've, we've talked, uh, you know, about pieces of the, the benefits of an adult trip to Walt Disney World, but, um, you know, there's, there's an overall approach that can be completely different when you're traveling uh, adults only. And, um, I'm going to let Jay get us started because, you know, Tim and Willie and I, we all, um, have experienced, Walt Disney World travel as, as, you know, adult trips and traveling with our children. Um, but, you know, Jay comes at it from a bit of a unique perspective because when he visits with children, they're somebody else's children, right? There's some, ultimately somebody else's problem. <laughs> Jay is the expert on the adults only Disney experience because that's the way he primarily, um, experiences Walt Disney World. So, Talk to us, Jay, about the things that you get to do when you're traveling, you know, on your ordinary, your, your regular Disney trip, as opposed to the, the way you might experience it when you're sharing it with, you know, I, I know you love your nieces and nephews to death, but, you know, what's different about it when you're getting to travel with just adults? 
I think the um, the biggest factor to consider when you're traveling to Disney with just adults is you don't have to consider all of the accoutrement that is required for getting children through an entire day without a meltdown or a nap, unless that's part of your routine or structure. Uh, I literally walk through the no bag line, um, and my husband usually goes through the bag line with a sling backpack. Uh, and you know, and that's the most, if we take anything at all. And that contains usually a, a, a cell phone charger and rain gear. You know, that's it. Now you, you have been at Walt Disney world with Willie, right? Oh yeah. A few times. And and you still think that going with adults means that you don't have to worry about meltdowns? Well, yeah, I was say, <laughs> his, uh, his 15 year old tends to keep him in check. <laughs> nice. So I um, want a pretzel. I want a beer. <laughs> I want two beers, not one. Yeah, two beers at 10 a.m. <laughs> so, so like I mean, Jay starts us with a great bonus of an adult trip, and that is that that it's just you know the the logistics of it are so much simpler, right? You, you can be you you can rely on an adult when they walk out of the room in the morning, for the most part, having with them the things they need for the day, you're not having to check and make sure that they have the right shoes or that they've, you know, got their magic band on, right? You you can generally trust that when you're traveling with adults, they're going to take care of themselves until they don't. But because they're adults, you can send them back to deal with it by themselves. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's the most important idea there is it's also the idea that, you know, we've, We've gone, the two of us, we've gone with adult um, friends and, you know, another couple. So there have been four of us before. And then we've also done a trip with just a single friend of ours. You know, he had his own room and we had our, we had our room. And doing that a trio trip was also its own kind of experience. But again, like you said, it was really nice to just be like, oh, I'm sorry. You're going to need to take the bus back to your resort. <laughs> right. Bye. <laughs> exactly. See ya. Um. And that is a great benefit. Um, you know, Willie, I know you love those trips where you don't even necessarily spend a lot of time on rides. Uh, talk about how you get to sort of uh, revel in that, I guess, on an adults-only trip as opposed to when you're with kids. Well, it's one of those things where you just be able – you're able to wake up, go out, do what you want, when you want. I find that – it's so much easier. If I want to go have chicken nuggets at 7.30 in the morning, I will do it. And then I can go have a beer at 9.15 and no one's going to question me. And then I go over to, you know, my favorite, the Skyliner, and I ride it around for an hour. Yeah, I question I go, you there. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You don't like the Skyliner? No, the beer at 9. But then again, you know what I always say. if You, you can't drink all day if you start in the morning. Don't start in the morning. Exactly. Like... <laughs> I mean, there's 24 hours in a day. You got to have one every hour, don't you? Yep, yep. Um, See, Jay doesn't agree. <laughs> so, so, you know, Willie, Willie brings up a good point, though. It's the flexibility, right, when you're traveling with just adults. And it's the ability to, to choose things to spend your time on that a lot of times when you're traveling with children just really aren't options. Like a kid is just not going to tolerate very often you know, spending an hour or more just riding around seeing the sights from the the Skyliner, whereas an adult can appreciate it, can, you know, play the game of spotting things and, and just enjoying the relaxing atmosphere. Or 
or where we were like riding the Skyliner together, like figuring out what the Skyliner path used to be. Like, what were the roads underneath? Oh, right, right, right. And, the, like, where did this used to go? Because Hollywood Studios changed their entrance and things like that, which right, made right. it so cool. Like, we were just, like, planning in our head, what was that? What is this? <laughs> I mean, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> and it's different when you can see it from the air, right? It is. So, so Tim, what about you? I mean, you and Angie get to take trips as adults, and you've gotten kind of into a groove of doing that now over the last couple of years as your last child has graduated and moved on. But, yeah. you know, you, you've experienced it both ways. And, and what, are, what are some of your favorite ways that your experience has changed when you travel without the kids? Oh, uh, you know, it's, that's, it's, it's really uh, – there's a lot to it because, you know, when the boys were younger – you know, we had to pay attention to their schedule, their needs. You know, the um, they, you know, we uh, Angie and I tend to want to, you know, sleep later and stay up later, but the boys want to be up sooner. And so, you know, getting up so that they can enjoy th- the vacation their way, and then, you know, when we when it comes time for us, you know. Wh- uh, once we got a babysitter, you know, we used the babysitter service at the at the resort, and then uh, Angie and I went out for a while. Um, as the years have rolled by, you know, you got to a point where the boys wanted to be more independent. So, you know, okay, they wanted to spend three hours just playing uh, Mission Space Race. And I was just perfectly happy spending those three hours sitting in La Cava. That's how I became the mayor of La Cava, right? (laughs) (laughs) It did not bother me at all. The boys knew how to find us, and invariably their phones would die, run out of battery or juice. And, you know, how do you know how to find mom and dad in in a place like that, like Epcot? Ah, Go to La Cava. Try that first. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Here I am. Well, so, I mean, I I think that that for me, you you kind of allude to my favorite thing about the times that I've been in in the parks with an adult-only trip, and that is that schedule becomes much less uh, rigid, right? It can be much more fluid, and it can be anything from, on the one hand, having days like Tim described where – you know, I choose to sleep in because I'm going to stay out late that night and and take it easy for the day, and nobody complains about it. The flip side is I can also choose to have days where, you know, I've got a wild hair and I'm going to hit uh, you know, the the one time that I did six parks in one day, right? Four Disney parks and two Universal parks in one day. I would never have tried that with both kids in tow. Um, oh no. You, you right? couldn't. I, I'd have gone crazy. Couldn't. But but with me by myself, like it was a it was a diversion. And and going with friends, you know, you can pick up people along the way. And because people can be flexible and can handle being on their own and doing their own thing and then meeting back up, it's just that that incredible level of, of flexibility. You know, um, frankly, that last time with Willie, where the night bef- the day before our conference started you know i came in early specifically because i knew i wanted another chance to experience um rise of the resistance and i mean my kids would have done it cuz they love star wars but i would have then had to deal with the fallout i would have had to plan for the second half of our day being either completely down or potentially miserable because if i was going to have them in line at 5am like i was you know, they were going to crash hard after lunch. They don't have the endurance. You crashed hard anyway. Well, I did anyway, and that's just it, right? Like, 
it was no big deal for me to crash hard and then get up and go again. Whereas with them, if we'd have taken it, you know, we either would have pushed it too hard and somebody would have melted down probably, or we would have, you know, come back and crashed and then it would have been pulling teeth to try and get people moving again because they were tired. And, you know, because I was there with adults, we could roll with it and, you know, okay, dinner's going to be, you know, an hour later. Oh, well. I think I think that's my favorite my favorite thing you know right there that that flexibility of of the ability to um, to be able to just say oh well we were going to do Casey's you know corner tonight but mm, instead let's wait a few minutes and we might pick up something over in Adventureland or you know something like that um, where when you're with kids when they get hungry or hangry or whatever you know there's there's no stopping it <laughs> right. It's the difference between someone getting bent out of shape and being okay. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think for us dads, you know, we're used to the fact of we expect to adapt our trip to our kids, you know, and, and it's okay. We don't complain about that because that's when it's a family trip, that's why we're there. And so that's what we do. Um, and so I think that, 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 ability to do things differently when you're, when you're traveling without kids. Um, it's like, I've had people say, well, how could you travel to Walt Disney world without bringing your children? Right. Don't they hate you for it? Or you know, how can you imagine being there without them? And my response is, well, it's a totally different trip. It's, it's, yes. it's not really any different than me choosing to go to, you know, an adults only resort that they're not welcome at because my experience when I'm traveling with adults is an adults only experience. Kids I get that have, all the time. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Kids oh. are going to have kids are going to have their own expectations. We're going to Disney World. I need to do everything possible that I can do. Whereas, you know, as adults, we can go. You know what? If uh, this ride is more crowded than I would prefer, if I don't want to stand in a line quiet that long, hey, I can just shift and do something else. I'm not going to get bent out of shape. I'm not going to have an issue with it. Let's let's go wait it out. You know, let's go. Uh, hang out over in this area or that area. Let's go, you know, walk through one of the shops in World Showcase, or let's go, you know, go through the backside of uh, the Magic Kingdom and see what we can get into. You know, have a Lafouge brew or something. It's just you can be more relaxed. And honestly, um, I have my own little uh, Disney family that's made up of people that we've just met when we were just hanging out in the parks, hanging out on the cruise ship whatever. And you just get to talking to people and, uh, you know, they're interested in what you got going on you, and you, what they've got going on and the kids aren't there to pester you. So, you know, if, if there are kids in the first place and, uh, I've probably got, you know, almost a dozen people that are just in my Disney friends list of people that I've uh, you know met over the years. I think that's perhaps, um, one of the other great joys too, of being on an adults only trip. Um, we haven't really touched upon this yet and we can later or, or whenever, but the idea of the chance to actually slow down and walk through and discover the resorts for everything that they truly are, the theming, the food, the bars, the restaurants, um, you know, I have, I have the same thing, um, you know, during the shutdown and everything, I've been in contact with many, if not all of my Disney friends, making sure that they're doing okay. And, and that, that we're thinking about them and that, yes, we're coming back and that, I'm hoping that they're making it through. You know, I've got, I've got a friend that's delivering pizzas right now. Cause he's like, I got to pay my mortgage. 
you know, and and so it's it's important that we've established those connections. And I don't think you can make those kinds of connections as well when you are on uh, a family trip, because it is about giving experiences to the children that are with you or to the people that may never have experienced it before. You know, we've taken adults that have never been before with us, and it's exciting for them. Well, I think and you bring up a good challenging. point. Well, yeah, that too. But when you're That's with it. kids, you're, you're <laughs> trying to help your kids get that experience. You know, they're, you want them to try the 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 dinosaur dig area over in, you know, in animal kingdom, you know, you want to, you want to let them try out some different things and experience different things that as adults, you blow right past that. Hey, let's just ride this and get going. Right. I mean, you can make animal kingdom really quick if you wanted to, but then like Jay and I, we can be in there for days because there's so much to do there. And if you don't have to do dino dig or whatever it is, and then the the games and the boneyard, and it just becomes one of those places where Prime it's Abel like hurl. Primeval hurl. I, I do like that ride though. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I I get that, and you know, it's like, you know, I could do Everest fifteen times in a row if I wanted to. I wouldn't even think twice. But you 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 learn when you go on the the Maharaja Jungle Trek. You know you you see the animals and learn about what their diet is like and what their habitat is like. And you know some kids are going to get bored with that pretty easily. A lot well a lot more easily than I would because I'm interested. I want to see that. Right, right. It's so cool. The bats hanging from the ceiling, and you're just like, well, they're gross, but they're the size of like our our arms, and you're like, that's pretty cool to see. Right. <laughs> no, I mean. I can spend 40 minutes watching the gorillas. That's what I was going to say, Aaron, is I think that the first time I did the gorilla, you know, the the gorilla trail where we, where we just walked through and interacted with the cast members and, you know, watched the gorillas and watched the little kids, you know, as adults, it was exciting to see um, the kids, you know, put their hands up to the glass and the gorillas to, you know, um, interact with them. you know, they weren't my kids, but it's still awesome to watch children discover and learn about things. And for me to learn and discover things in there, I learned plenty that I did not know about gorillas when I went on, when I was on the trail. And you got to stay even after those kids you'd been watching had had enough and wanted to move on, right? You could chill and keep watching and watch the next thing unfold. Exactly. Well, and the longer you sit there, especially with the gorillas, uh, my experience has been: you, if you stay there and watch them long enough, oh my gosh, here goes the 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 baby that's that's acting like a fool, and the mom's going after him, and it's like, oh, you know, human life is imitated here. It's it's. <laughs> oh, the the, the <laughs> two stepbrother gorillas are absolutely the best thing on the planet. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. Um. So that's that's a really good point. So just in terms of the way you experience the parks is different. I also think to circle back a little bit to talking about dining and flexibility with dining. I think that that um, Jay mentioned it that you know when a kid gets hungry, you pretty much just need to feed them. Like this has to happen now, and that's true even with teenagers. Like once a teenager decides they're hungry, they're not going to be pleasant to be around until they get fed, and. As a result, if you want to be flexible with dining when you're traveling with kids, you're really pretty much committed to doing quick service because it's got to be, you know, now. Whereas as adults, you know, Willie and I, um, when we were down together, we're wandering around one day and it was just like, well, gee, 
we want to do dinner. We're not sure what we want. Open up the app and just see what's out there. And, you know, we could choose. And, and yeah, we had to wait an hour or so, but so big. But that was so fun because it was like, okay, cool. We're going to go here. Yeah. And we, we weren't on a time frame whatsoever. It was just like, all right, we get there at 7. We get there at 7.05. We don't care. Right. If you really need a Dole Whip or a Mickey Bar to tide you over, you can do that. You right. know, but, you know, you're not going to ruin dinner, you know, just, you know, snarfing on snacks, right? Yeah, I think I think that's that's key is that I, I know that I can snack a little bit here and there and, and be fine with my meals. I'm not sure you could do that with kids. But I know that when we're there, I always have – at least one sit down meal planned a day. And then usually on the fly, we will pick somewhere else because luckily there's only two of us. And usually if you're on an adults only trip, it's probably two or four. Um, it's still pretty easy to score reservations at most of the restaurants. Uh, and we usually get in somewhere interesting or new or different every time. Well, and let's be honest, there's another little bonus when you're traveling with just two people as opposed to the, you know, four or five or six if you've got kids with you too. Because there are dining options that you can enjoy because it's just two of you that it's really difficult to justify in when two-thirds or three-fifths of the dining party is is children. Um, You know, there are just – there are restaurants that you can experience that are worth spending the money on for a couple of adults – aren't so much worth paying that for if, you know, your attention is going to be divided by having, you know, multiple kids to, to manage with you. And I mean, most of the signature restaurants, frankly, I would say, you know, I, I, I think they do a good job of being as accommodating as they can of kids. And it doesn't bother me that other people's kids are there, but it's still a different experience getting to enjoy it with just adults. You're exactly right. I mean, when you have that opportunity just as an adult to just sit there and take in the ambiance and, you know, wherever you're at, whether it's at, um, uh, you know, the Beast Castle or, or uh, Victorian Alberts, I mean, what you, you get the opportunity to really experience the thing. And, and it's just a matter of how you want to vacation, how you need to vacation at that particular point in time. If, if your need for vacation means focus more of your attention on the kids and making sure that they're having a great time and they eat when they need to eat and less about you. Well, guess what? Make it another trip where you do exactly this. Take the adults trip so that you have the opportunity and the time to find hidden Mickeys, to, you know, enjoy everything about your surroundings that you might just have rushed past, you know, because your focus was on the kids. Those are the things we've started to set expectations with our kids. Like, the last trip we went on in November, this trip was about a couple fun days. We did a VIP tour. We did one character meal, and the rest was just hanging out. Not anything else about the food, the parks, anything else. It was more about enjoying our DVC resort and just hanging out. And they finally got it. I mean, I know they're they're now 15 and 12, but... They finally got it this time where they're like, oh, can we just go back and do pool days and things like that? Which it used to be. Can we do park day, park day, park day, park day, park day? Yeah, you just got to go, 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 right? Well, and and I think that um, there are even a few things at Walt Disney World that are truly adult-specific experiences. Um, you know, I mean, 
Obviously, we've talked about bars and lounges before. That's those are mostly adult experiences, um, but but there are a couple of dining experiences that are really uniquely adult dining experiences. And 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 we're going to throw it back to Jay because he's the one of the three of us that's had the the privilege to enjoy uh, Victoria Alberts. Um, oh, four of us. Sorry, I'm used to saying three because usually because. <laughs> Three plus J. Um, so he's the only one of the four of us uh, who's enjoyed a meal at Victorian Alberts. I know Tim and I are both interested in doing it, but haven't had the chance to do it yet. So um, talk to us about Victorian Alberts. So I have to say that um, Victorian Alberts is perhaps the most exciting dining experience of my life. Um, <laughs> so it's also the most expensive dining experience of my life. Uh, And I I want to be very clear about um, this is not something that you should do on a whim. It is, it is truly the first time that after we paid our bill, um, I actually felt a little guilty for what I just paid for, for a meal. Um, because there are people in the world that could use that money in a different way. And, you know, Um, but that being said, I did it. (laughs) And, uh, it, it is it is magical and incredible from the moment you walk in the doors. Um, we were lucky enough to be seated in the Victoria room instead of the Albert room. There's obviously um, there's three rooms. There's a kitchen, you know, the, the chef's table as well. We were not seated there, but there's only four tables in the Victoria room, whereas the the larger room has. Um, many, many more tables. I did not count them, but plenty, plenty more for the rest of the city and the restaurant. And um, for the four tables in there, there were um, two waiters assigned to two tables. So we had um, our, our waiter and waitresses, they, they happened to be married. Um, so we had a married couple that were taking care of us and the table, I, I say next to us, but they were 15 feet away across the room. They were not right on top of us or anything. Um, and then there were a couple of server assistants that would come around with water, uh, you know, or, or bread service or things like this. But for the most part, our servers took care of us. They took us, um, we ordered the 10 course meal with wine pairing. Um, and it was, um, an absolutely incredible experience. I know we don't share the video, but Tim, wipe your chin. Yeah, <laughs> the drooling is rude. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> um, I told you it was expensive. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was incredible. And many of our friends said ten courses. How did you eat ten courses? Now I have to say that um, while they were very filling, um, we're not talking about uh, you know enormous hunks of meat and heaping bowls of stew or anything like this. But I will say that not a single course that I look down and go. Is that it? Um, every every single time the plate um, was was full of food that you could um, see the chef had worked um, diligently to to prepare in a way that was both beautiful um, visually and um, tasted absolutely incredible. Um, and then of course you get a glass of wine with each <laughs> with each course too. <laughs> so you know. Um, Plan to be there. We were there, I think, four and a half, maybe five hours, um, because you are their only table in in there for the night. Um, like they don't turn your tables, so we we were there a very long time. 
Well, and it's um, important that people understand that, that, that if you're going to do Victorian Alberts, really, like, that's your activity for the day. I, I wouldn't recommend trying to spend your morning in a park and then doing a five-hour dinner experience. Um, you know, it really should be a focus. The word is experience. Yeah. It is an experience yes. that you are doing. Yes, and, and I will say that we we were staying at the Bay Lake Tower um, that year, our, our home resort for DVC, and I, I think we did go to the Magic Kingdom that morning, but we were back in our room by, I'd say, 1 or 2 o'clock at the, at the latest for a 5.30 or 6 o'clock reservation over at Victorian Alberts, you know, because like you said, um, you, you kind of have to prepare yourself. You don't want to be late. You don't, you know, you don't anything like that. It was, um, absolutely oh, come on. an experience. You don't have to be embarrassed. It's an 11 course meal. You had to rest up. <laughs> That's right. Really? We did. Um, I think we might've had like a coffee and a donut from the you know, main street bakery or something. Uh, and then we waited just to, to have all of that. And of course, um, you know, spoiler alert, there's actually a, 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 an 11th or whatever course you want to say where they bring out a box of, of fine chocolates and um, they ask you how many you want. And you can be like that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. <laughs> and then if you see if you see more and say, gosh, I really wanted that one, they say, oh, well, we'll, we'll wrap a few to go for you as well. And they take as many chocolates as you want and put them in a box and you yep. take them with you just in case 11 courses wasn't enough. Right. Just in, just in case you, you don't burst Eesh. on the way back to your resort anyway. Yes. Here's yes. some more. And, and I will say that in the, um, in the cracks. if if you are a coffee aficionado like like we are, the coffee experience at Victorian Alberts is absolutely incredible. They have a reverse gravity press that oh, is it's incredible. a show in and of itself. It is a show in and of itself. It's wow. beautiful and it's delicious. So, so um You've talked about, you know, kind of the, the overall big picture atmosphere, um, and clearly it's an adults-only experience, um, very expensive. What are we talking about? $250, $300 a head pre-tip? Um, so pre-tip, that is um, – that might get – that might get you the the six course, okay. I think it was. So I believe with the wine pairing, our ten course meal was five hundred and fifty per person. Okay. So I mean, and I'm and I'm not saying that's chump change to no, me. No. That's you know that's that's it's quite a, a bit. But but when you get wine paired with those courses, and you are understanding it's an experience. That's um, the thing. Wine pairing is going to jack yeah. that up a little bit yeah. more, but it's it's yeah. totally worth it because you get to experience the you know mm-hmm. what what wine is going to go really really well with this particular yes. dish. Yes, it is chosen for you. Yeah, and and let's be fair. So you did you spent eleven hundred dollars, but you spent eleven hundred dollars on a five and a half hour experience, and really I did more than a five and a half hour experience because it's five and a half hours of the meal plus a couple hours of preparation and anticipation before you even get there where you're already getting the value of it just in, you know, the excitement and anticipation. And then you get at least another hour of it, you know, as you, as you process it after the fact, right? I mean, how long did you keep chatting about the meal after you'd walked away from the table? Oh, we, we talked about it, you know, as we went back to our room, um, I, I probably called Willie the very next morning, <laughs> if not that night. I can't, I, can't I think recall. it was that night. 
Yeah. Um, it, was it was amazing. It was so, so right. exciting. So my, my point um, and, is, and you have to understand too. Is, go ahead. Yeah. But, so my point is you spent a lot of money on it, but mm-hmm. you also got hours and hours of entertainment from it that no, you're not going to do it every time, but having done it that, that once it's, it's a little bit like taking the VIP tour once, right? You know? Yeah. It's really expensive, but it's worth doing that experience once getting to do it, getting the experience. Um, there are a lot of things that are worth doing, you know, worth spending extra on that one time to have that, you know, one unique special experience. Exactly. And I think the, the servers and the maitre d' and everybody, they understand that it's, for most people, I would assume, a one-time gig. Um, you know, you have a personalized menu uh, when you sit down with your name on it that takes you through the entire thing. And you take that with you. You know, they give it to you in a special folder envelope to take home. Um, so they understand that they are providing you with an experience as well. And, and it, is, it is a lot of fun to, to, you know, to receive all of, to, to receive all of that and to, to go through that. Right. And, and, you know, just to throw another piece to this, so you didn't do the chef's table experience there. That's it's a, even a little bit more expensive, but frankly, price range wise, it's pretty close. Um, once, once you've added in the wine pairings and all of that, um, and having arranged a, a chef's table meal for a guest before, um, having not done it myself, but arranging it for them, um, I don't, you can tell me if they do this for, for you for the non-chef's table experience as well. But with chef's table, they actually reached out and said, tell us what you like, what you don't like, right? And, and so the menu that they had for their chef's table experience was not just a fantastic gourmet meal, but it was specifically a fantastic gourmet meal that was composed specifically to meet their preferences, <laughs> Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, as I, I am not as near as picky as my brother. Um, but I do not like, yeah, that's right. I, um, I don't, I don't like shellfish and I tend to avoid really fishy tasting fish. So, um, I ask them if I could avoid, um, any of the fish courses or shellfish courses. Um, my husband wanted, of course, the shellfish and the fish. So we had two, I don't want to say completely different menus, but I would guess out of the 10 courses, we may have had five that were the same and five that were different because the, the chef in the back was was working to make sure that one followed the other, you know, on your palate to go with the wine, et cetera. So just because I don't like lobster, I know he had lobster for one of his courses, um, because I don't like lobster, they didn't just, well, give him a hamburger. You know, um, right, you know right. they, they made sure to give me something. I, I think I had pork in place of the lobster, a really nice See, um, And it's just remarkable to me yep. because it's not oh. just that they substituted a different dish for you, but that they incorporated it into this unfolding meal and managed to time properly cooked pork coming out at the exact same time as the properly cooked lobster came to the person you were dining with. Um, look, that kind of skill costs money. (laughs) Thank you. It does. You got that, you got that kind of a chef that can do that and pull it off and do it well. Oh yeah. You're talking about the best chefs in the nation. You pay for what you get. Like it's, and I can remember the quote Jay said to me after he left that restaurant, Willie, you're never going to eat at Victoria. (laughs) They don't have enough food for you. (laughs) 
Yeah, went, Come on, I just be... took a big sip. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> chicken, chicken, I can remember steak, it like it was chicken, yesterday. Chicken. It's like you're never going to eat there. Now, cause... see, I, I think that it would be fun to to make a reservation of Victorian Alberts with Willie and just see what they could come up with. Right? I because you know they could, they could do it. I could do it. other than chicken nuggies, right? I, yeah. I, they could pull off a lot of meat and a lot of meat. And and they and, could I bet they could find ways to prepare things that you didn't realize you would like in ways that would make you like them. Right. With the mushrooms and the the the, the problem is the green salad stuff that I don't want. <laughs> Microgreens, you can just flick those off. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, I, I and I have to say that um Unlike a lot of other restaurants that fill you up on salad, I think we had one very small salad and we did have a soup course at the beginning. Um, and I believe that they send out one of those um, fancy appetizers on the little spoon when you first get there to kind of wet your the, palate. The amuse bouche. Yes, yes. And then there was a um, and there was there was one quick interlude of sorbet. Uh, to cleanse our palates before we started kind of the formal, um, you know, entrees as opposed to the appetizers and soups and salads, et cetera. Yeah, so really, I, I guess it was about 13 courses. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I still think it would be fun to see what they could come up with. It reminds me, I don't know, Len Testa tells a story of, of deciding to take advantage of the fact that they had a great sommelier at Palo once. And he was having this whole discussion about, you know, do they really know anything? Like, are they just pretending they're making stuff up? And so he said, you've brought us wine that is a perfect match for this food. That's great. But I have this theory that good wine is good wine. And so it really wouldn't make a difference. What I want you to do is for our next course, I want you to bring the worst possible pairing within this price range. Okay, hot dogs and a bottle of Fetzer, right? Well, and, and, the, and the smolly kind of made him like looked at him funny. It's like you really don't want me to do that, do you? You really don't. And he convinced him to do it, made him swear that he wouldn't hold it against him. He brings him the next course. I don't even remember what it was, but serves him the you know pours the wine and just kind of stands there with that look of terror on his face. And sure enough, Len says he takes a bite of the food, takes a sip of the wine, and it was like he was drinking turpentine. It was awful, like the mix of turpentine and vinegar. But he was sure that if that same wine had been served with something else, you know, he would have loved it. So getting the chance to leverage that kind of knowledge, it just doesn't, you don't get that many opportunities to do it. And and I think it's it's fascinating, um, and, and this isn't a Victorian Alberts experience, but last October when we were at Chefs de France, oh, no, not Chefs de France, um, the one above it, um, Monsieur Paul's, yeah. um, we were with some friends that had, that had come in from Tampa and met them for a very nice dinner up there, and they are very much into wine, and we had four different entrees on the table. Um, very, very different entrees. And he called the sommelier over, one of our friends did, and asked, you know, what could you recommend to do this that we could all enjoy without, you know, breaking the bank? And by golly, they did it. <laughs> like every single one of us enjoyed um, the the wine that we had with our meal. So I think, yeah, there is something to say about paying for the knowledge and the expertise that these people have made 
their careers. You know, right. I mean, this is this is what this well, is. And, and I mean, what you yeah. presented was a particularly difficult thing to do because everybody was eating different entrees, and they found something that worked for everybody. So you know, the, the, that much more powerful. Now, I, I am curious when you do the wine pairings, is it an all or nothing? Like, do, do you either both have to do it or nobody? Um, as far as as far as I remember, um, they ask if if we both wanted to do wine pairing or okay. not. And it, it we just did, occurs so to me that when there. you do like yeah. ten courses with ten wine pairings, you might actually, for a lot of folks, you might be better off just doing one wine pairing and sharing it. Especially, I mean, it would be different if you're gonna if you knew you were gonna have substantially different meals. But if you're essentially having the same meal, you know, the wine pairings are not inexpensive. And by the same token, at a certain point, 10 glasses of wine, even over five hours, is a lot of wine. <laughs> was it, it a true, full true. glass, though? No, it wasn't. It was, they were small, um, right. small pours. But, but understand that it's still um, – you've still imbibed quite a bit of alcohol by the, by the end of the evening. I was very glad we just had two monorail stops to get home. Right. <laughs> See, I, would not, I absolutely would not give you, give you the same wine for your pork dish as I would have given your husband for right. a lobster dish. Absolutely not. So right, yeah, you gotta you gotta think. think yeah, you do have to think ahead a little bit. Um, but but that's just an example. I mean, there are other uh, um, experiences like that. Um, you know, I did the the wine tasting at Gico, which is an adult experience, and it was fantastic. And again, we got to you know we we got to take advantage of the knowledge of the Disney sommelier. And and let's be honest, the sommeliers at at Gico know South African wines better than just about anybody. Um, and the stories that they can tell are just, it's, it's Disney. So they do storytelling and, you know, so the topic is an adult topic, but it's still Disney. So he's talking about the fact that there was a time when the South African wine industry all, all but died because nobody would buy South African exports during apartheid. And just as they were opening up, that's, that's the same time that, that Animal Kingdom Lodge was being built. And so Disney reached out. And there were a couple of vineyards where, you know, they went around tasting things and they found a couple of vineyards they really liked. And they basically signed, you know, outputs contracts with them. They basically said, we'll buy whatever you can make. Just make it and send it. <laughs> and there are still some wines that you can't get anywhere outside of South Africa, except at Disney, because Walt well, Disney World buys all of it, you know, that gets exported. And that was an awesome experience too, by the way. Awesome experience. Yeah. Just, you know, it's like you said, you're, it wasn't even that expensive to do the wine, the, the wine tasting, but you no, know, it again, it was the, the knowledge of those guys to, you know, to, to share with you. And they're, they're very happy to share that knowledge with you. Yeah. So, so, Willie, what's an example of one of those things that would be worth it to splurge on with a you know for an adult trip, but that you might not splurge on if it was you know twice as expensive or more because you were paying for twice as many people. The main thing I would do is the VIP tour. I know it sounds horrible for the kids, but if you're there with adults only. You can do so many things. You can do four parks in one day without thinking twice. You get in the van at your resort or wherever they pick you up, and they take you exactly where you want to go. You want to pull into the backside of Hollywood Studios. They take you on all the rides. They walk you right on the rides for the most part. 
Then they take you right to the backside of Animal Kingdom. They take you to the backside of Hollywood, um, Magic Kingdom, right behind, um, sorry, um, Space Mountain. You really can do everything on a VIP tour. The kids are great, but the kids start wanting to do things like, you know, oh, look at the shooting gallery and look at this and look at that. While you're with the adults, you're just like, let's well, do We can ride, ride Dumbo ride, without ride. having to wait in the line? Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. Oh, I did find out that on a VIP tour, you can do Buzz Lightyear. You get on at the exit and ride through the front, yeah. which is really cool. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit longer, but, you know, I didn't know this also. Space Mountain, they walk you through the whole queue through fast pass and then they skip the zigzag where you get on and you go all the way around to the back and you get on in the handicap area. Okay. So you literally, you see the zigzag and then you're like, okay. And then they go, no, 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 no. They give you the, they give you the wave and then let's go around the back and they're like four, two, one, one. And you get on the ride. Now, So let me add to that. I will just add that my only my only argument with you on that is the VIP tour costs the same whether you have two people on it or ten people on it. So that being the case, when you're if you're trying to leverage doing this without kids along with you, there are now um, three or four um, uh, tours that are Disney. I forget what the the title the, the signature tours is that what they call them? Or yes, Ultimate? they are signature tours. Yeah. Um, but those signature tours, uh, you get not quite the VIP experience, but close. And there's where you can really leverage the fact that, you know, because the price is the same, adults or children. So if it's two of you instead of four of you or two of you instead of five of you, you know, it's it's a fraction of the cost to experience that with just adults as opposed to paying for the whole family to do it. I see that, but. At the same time, we did the trip with three kids, five, seven, six adults, sorry. And it would have probably been better. Nothing against my kids. Right. But, but if you just have the six would, adults. Correct. Because the kids were like, we want to do this. We want to do that. One kid wanted to do Star Wars. One, one kid wanted to do Toy Story. It was like, you know, the adults is like. This is what we're doing. There's no questions asked. Right. You get off the ride, you go to the next ride. And, you know, adults make easier decisions than kids for the <laughs> most part. I mean, except for little kid Willie, but, you know, that's right. because I'm a little kid. <laughs> Whole different thing. Right. Um, I, I also think that as much as I love being at the parties with my kids because, you know, I love seeing their reaction to it and all of that. I really feel like even if you've been with your kids before, going to a Halloween party or going to a Christmas party with just adults is a whole different experience, um, especially as it gets later and later into the night. Because you can you can see the families that are walking around with their kids. You know, you, you can watch them wilt <laughs> right around the, the time that, you know, the, the – uh, 9.45. Right. Yeah. Right around the, the – the, as you're getting is. ready for the fireworks show. Right. They yeah. start to fade. and. You know, if you can kind of keep from getting caught up in in that and just go off and enjoy your own things, 
the real party experience happens, you know, right after that, when they all leave and you've got another hour and a half in an almost empty park uh, with all the same holiday entertainment and things going on. And it's just a different experience. I, I would agree, having done the Halloween party um, once with uh, Willie and the kids, and then once with um, just adults, and then the Christmas party, I've done it um, with just adults. And I, I would say 100%, I agree with you, Aaron. Uh, it is so, it, it's fun to watch um, the magic, but then to watch the park empty out is a different kind of magic. <laughs> Got that <laughs> and, right. And then to um, to just walk on to everything or to to walk up and get your cookies and cocoa or to get, you know, some trick or treat snacks to walk around and eat when you, you're not worrying about filling the bag so you can get your stuff, you know, when you're a kid, because that's what that's how we were as sure. kids. You know, I think that's what's most exciting about it. Tim, anything else that you can think of that's a, a one of those things that you might not think of doing with the kids, but. You know, if it's just the adults, you might splurge on. Oh, yeah. And if if you know anything about me at all, you could probably guess where I'm going to take you. And that is to La Cava and get the $333 tequila flight. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> one of the shots, there are seven shots. Well, they're actually half shots. But one of the shots by itself is 500 bucks plus. And you're getting that as part of a $333 package deal. But um, if you, this is for people who really like to, you know, try different tequilas that are not, they're not shot tequilas, they're sipping tequilas. You want to enjoy the flavor of them. Uh, when you order that flight, the manager himself comes out, sits next to you at your table, and just goes through each of the tequilas, tells you where they come from, the flavor profile. You know, just talks, you know, probably talks for five minutes about each tequila, and then you get to sip it and taste it, and you go, wow, this is really interesting. I, I've, I've found one of my absolute favorite sipping tequilas. It's called Classe Azul. It tastes like you're drinking a sticky bun. Okay. I mean, it is so good. It is just delicious. One tastes like a cinnamon roll, one tastes like a sticky bun. Uh, but then you get to the one at the very end, and that's the one that is, um, it is Patron Lalique. Lalique being um, high-end French crystal, right. and basically what they do with this uh, um, this tequila is they hand cook this for at least thirty six hours uh, before they distill it. Well, once they distill it, they'll put it in in uh, in whiskey barrels. Uh, I believe he's he specifically said they were Jack Daniels barrels for three years, and then takes them over to France and ages them in uh, in sherry barrels for three years, and then brings them back to the states and ages them for another year in a white oak barrel. And the flavor was so complex; it was just like I can't even imagine. But he he brought out the bottle and showed it to us. Man, I bet the bottle was five thousand of the seventy five hundred dollars that it cost for the bottle. It was amazing. It was beautiful. It was a work of art. Yeah. But the tequila that was in it was a work of art as well. So, you know, if you uh, are the kind of person that really likes to enjoy just you know, uh, exploring the nuances of, of, uh, a spirit like tequila. This is one that I, I would highly recommend doing. How many times have you done that? Once, just once. Oh, okay. And that's, that was good. Right. I've would you do it that. again? 
Oh yeah, because <laughs> now he's hooked on the three. Well, because I asked right. Jay, absolutely. I asked Jay about doing Victoria and Alberts, and he said he would do it again, but it would have to be another special occasion. It wouldn't be next weekend. No, 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 no. I, yeah, I would so, not do this on the regular. So I might have asked if we could do it for our twentieth anniversary because we did it in celebration right before. I want to say it was our fifteenth. It might have been our sixteenth. Um, and I got the. Maybe the 25th. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, before we get away from these too much, I think that there's another piece too of when, when you're traveling with just adults, there are some tours that are available to you that simply aren't available to you if you're traveling with children, because the tours that go backstage have minimum ages and there are some if you're ready to do that, right? If if you're, I know some folks who don't like to do backstage tours because they they want to preserve the magic. But if you don't mind the fact that you're going to kind of stare behind the curtain a little bit, um, there are some truly fantastic tours that you can take. But you can only take them with adults, um, just because for safety reasons they won't allow. I, I think that the minimum age is now 16, so not quite necessarily adult, but. You know, still the same same idea. And frankly, they do tend to be a little more expensive. You know, it would have to be a kid who was really going to get something valuable out of it to ha- to include them on a, a backstage tour because they're, they're a little more pricey. Not not like you're going to let your five year old just take off and you know interrupt the show in the middle of the stage, right? <laughs> <laughs> My five year old running through the utility doors. Hey, have fun, guys. <laughs> Find yeah. a trash shoot. See if you can find your way out. Yeah, go go to Adventureland. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's I, th- I think it's important that we that we do talk about the the backstage tours a little bit though. You know, um, the Keys to the Kingdom tour. While yes, a lot of people like to talk about the Utilidors and about there is some of the magic ruined. Um, and I don't I don't think it's ruined. I I find it to be unlocking. You know, it keys the kingdom. Like it truly does show you the planning, the thought, the the ideas that Walt was so ahead of his time with the Florida project. Um, but for me, the history and the learning as you walked down Main Street USA that first hour or so, before you ever get on any of the attractions, before you do any of that, that is still some of our favorite stuff when we first get back to Disney and we walk down Main Street. That's why we say, oh, we're here, we're home, we're, you know, like, th- th- because there's so much that's just rich and beautiful about Main Street USA. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And, and there are tours like that in all the parks during special times of the year. There are tours that are, you know, specific to that. So there's a, a tour you can take of all the, the Christmas decorations before they've gone up, you know, and you can see them kind of getting them ready and building them out. There are um, behind the scenes tours that, at Epcot, where if you're into to gardening and horticulture and all that kind of stuff, there's some amazing tours where they take you back to where they grow all that stuff. Um, just, just remarkable stuff. And it's not even necessarily the innards of rides, right? It's just very much behind the scenes. And, and obviously then too, the, the cool stuff of, of getting to look back from behind the proscenium of, of the rides too. Exactly. Well, I mean, go ahead. Willie. Go. Well, behind the seats, what does that cost now? Oh, that 14, 15 bucks. Yeah. It's like $15. Right. I mean, it's one of the greatest tours you're ever going to do. And I mean, a family of four can do it for 60 bucks. Like, right. 
and you're going to learn so much about horticulture and everything else that it's just like mind blowing. And and I think it's also one of those times again where for not a lot of money, because some of the stuff we've talked about is very expensive um, for not a lot of money. You get a few minutes to where you get to be that person as somebody is riding on their boat through the land, you know, and you are learning about the land. They say, who are those people? Why do they get to be over there? You know? (laughs) Right. Right. I can't climb out of the boat and go over there. And and, and it's a great example (laughs) of a thing that, that, yeah, it's great to share with your kids, but by the same token, it, it also would be good to experience with just adults so that you didn't have to worry about watching the kids. You could really pay attention to the tour. And as compared to the, you know, $1,100 you'd spend at Victorian Alberts, you can spend 30 bucks. You can spend what you'd spend on a quick service meal and get that, that behind the scenes look, um, and, and really get to, to pay attention to it. Seeds. Yes. Behind the scenes. Seeds. <laughs> Such a stickler. That was that was my first ever tour. It's behind the seeds. I think it is for a lot of people. You know, it's it's the it's the gateway drug um, because well, it's, it's inexpensive and see. and it's easy, right? It's 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 not hard to get booked. Um, well, I want to circle us back maybe to you know basically last week, right? So last week we were talking about reopening parks and the fact that that there's going to be a lot of things not operating the way you would expect them to be. And, and, you know, looks like there's no park hopping and, and bunch of things. And, um, I I think that we mentioned that there are some, some, you know, it, it, it it might not necessarily be the right experience for everybody, especially shortly after opening. On the other hand, there are some people that it might really be a good time to get to the parks and, and get a chance to experience it while things are a little different. And I think that the, the idea of an adults only trip during this time, uh, is one that we all thought was a a really great idea because a lot of the things we have talked about are things that you could more easily enjoy working around the, the various things we may have to work around for a little while here. Um, if if it's just adults, if you're not having to manage kids' expectations along with everything else. I totally agree. Like, this is the perfect time for adults just to go to Disney and not have to worry about character meals, fast passes, you know, the small, you know, things you don't really care about, but you do care about. Um you could have a really nice day at the park, roll through the park. If a ride's not open, you move on to the next one. You know, you just figure it out really fast. But with the kids, you're like, oh, I want to do Splash Mountain. Well, it's closed today. You know, too bad. And you can only say too bad so many times before the kids get disappointed. Well, and not only that, I think... I think uh, probably all of us would agree that there are certain aspects about uh, whether it's the parks, the resorts, something that we go, yeah, one of these times we're going to take the time to do this or do that. And and one of these times never really comes. Well, hey, this is the opportunity. This is one of these times because you can't do everything that you might have otherwise wanted to do. Right. And, and I mean, there are a lot of reasons for it. I mean, we talked about all of those things for the most part last week. But, but if, if you kind of look back at the things we've talked about doing this week as adults only, most of them are things that are 
not going to be as significantly affected by the way the parks and resorts are going to have to adapt to accommodate you know the various uh, social distancing that's going to be necessary and the you know extra sanitization that's going to be necessary and and all of those kinds of things. So um, you know it'll be a little trickier to plan the dining, um, although hopefully that system will be open again and cleaned up a little bit soon. But you know other other than that, frankly, if you're going to be flexible with your dining anyway, pull out your app. Hey, Willie can get. Chicken nuggies anywhere, right? <laughs> hey, I don't always like chicken nuggets. I like steak and I like olives and I like wine and beer and whiskey and bourbon. Tequila All the things I don't know. Most of them. No I, one know. needs a salad. I'm not on a diet when I go to Disney. I have to I have to say back to Aaron's point. Um that that's why um even even though our friends think we're crazy um luckily our family supports us for the most part we've <laughs> kept our our reservation for the end of July right now um we are we are hoping to experience that special adults only experience at disney and if disney decides you know what this isn't something that we're going to do because you know things are going on or whatever that's fine too um and if we decide that we can't, but but right now we're banking on a really fun adults only um, time, and when we think the the parks and the resorts might be a little less crowded than they would be normally at the end of July. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Is that the timing kind of works out well? And and look, the parks are going to be, and we talked about this last week, and I hate to harp on it too much, but nobody has ever been a guest at Walt Disney World when there were four theme parks open and they were capping themselves at 30% capacity. It's never existed. So it's going to be a completely unique experience. One that I am excited to participate in as long as it is safe for my family and for um, for my um, you know ability. But I'll be really honest: safety is their first you know key. So it's it's all it's good. Always first there. Safety is one. And but assuming this all goes down in August, we're going to want to hear a report, Jay. You know that, right? Absolutely. I am super duper um, excited to come back and talk about what I may or may not have gotten to experience. Um, and, and I do want to mention real quickly, because we, we kind of skipped over these and, and you know, I did I, maybe we shouldn't have. Um, there are a few places where it, they were designed to be um, adults only places that um, – Maybe we forget about because when we're traveling with our kids, we don't get to go. Um, but there's, you know, there's jelly rolls along the boardwalk. There is uh, Tim and I have had a lot of fun at um, the the kimonos. Hmm? kimonos kimonos at the Japanese yeah. place that has the karaoke um, at kimonos. Um, there are, uh, you know, a couple of places like that. So. You know, there, there are some other uh, completely uniquely adult things because the kids aren't welcome, um, and. You know, those are, are times – this is a time where you can check those things out where you might have just – they never made your agenda because it wasn't something that grabbed your attention enough that it was worth 
getting a babysitter for the kids or, or worrying about the kids staying themselves if they're older. Um, but because you don't have to worry about any of that stuff, why not give it a shot? Just a heads up. Jelly rolls is cash only. You cannot use your magic band there. So just always remember to bring cash. Good point. Cash and major credit card. I have used a major credit card there when, when entertaining a large group. But I never carry a wallet when I'm at Disney. I just carry a magic band, which I should probably be the adult and carry the credit card too. But <laughs> I'm not adulting. I'm the kid. Last few years, my company has had um, had our, our client conference on site. So um, we have racked up a few American Express bills at Jelly Rolls, you might say. <laughs> you, know, you know, I have to say um, as well, I think there are some places that adults – should consider maybe only going um, on an adults only trip as well. Um, and this might be an unpopular opinion. And if it is, you know, insert whatever sound effect or we need to, um, to make it. So. <laughs> um, yeah. 50 lashes like, with a white uh, I'll be really honest. I have seen more miserable kids in Oga's cantina than almost anywhere else. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and it's, exciting and exhilarating the first five minutes but when there's nowhere for them to sit down they're not tall enough to see the table uh, because i've been at a standing table um the two times that i've been in there um it is um it, it, it's it's sad to see to see the kids kind of wilt um when the experience is not what it could be and so i would consider um, telling you know adults like maybe you should look into some of these things and do them only on adults only trips even if children are welcome in there that's a great point i mean there are p- certainly experiences that are going to be even if you can do them with your kids they're just going to be better experiences or at least different experiences so so better in that they're unique um, when you get to experience them without kids around yeah, I'm not going to lash Jay for his opinion on this because when we were at Oga's in January, we were actually sitting at a table with exactly that. Another family that came in, sat down, and you know the two younger kids were just – they had had it. They were done. So, you know, it, yeah, the parents got to see it, experience it, but what kind of experience is it when you could have done that differently uh, in, a, in a, an adults-only type setting? Yeah, I agree. Uh, you get to really enjoy that, you know, the the buzz button of the the fuzzy tom tom. <laughs> that is a great drink. So. It is. I like yeah. it. All right. Well, you know, you've heard our thoughts about um, adults-only travel at Walt Disney World in particular. Um, And and I think we focused on Walt Disney World just because we got more adults-only experience there. Um, Tim probably could go off for a while about Disneyland as well, but maybe we'll come back to that one on another show. Um, In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts. What do you like about adults-only trips at Walt Disney World? What things do you look forward to doing when you're there without kids? And for those of you who haven't had the experience yet, you know, what is it that you're looking forward to doing the first time you get to visit as an adult? And hey, I know there are some folks who just feel like they can't do it. So tell us about that, too. Why is it? What what is it that keeps you from going and and trying this out um, as an adults-only experience? We'd love to hear about it. You can email us at podcast at disdads.com. You can also find us on social media, on Twitter, um, at Disdads Podcast, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disdads Podcast. Until next time, 
I've been your host, Aaron McMaster, with my co-hosts, Willie Crocker. Have a wicked wild night, guys. And Tim Hicks. We'll see you real soon. And once again, our special guest, adult only, Jay Crocker. Thanks again for having me, guys. Is that adult only or the only adult in the room? (laughs) Only adult in the room. It's (laughs) (laughs) the only guy not drinking. Nice job, guys. We drink water, Bobby Boucher. Yeah, I had one. I don't play a damn thing, man. I don't play that thing, man.